Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody, it's that time again. Fred and the Fantastics right here on Believe and Pod Clips around the world. Art Source, how are you doing? Just just take care of things at Galaxy Sports. Have a great week. We actually have the sun out here, which I haven't seen in a few days. And it's actually in the 50s, probably the same temperature it is up in, in your neck of the woods. But, boy, I guess California's just been getting hammered with rain. I've been watching a little bit of the Pebble Beach tournament. and uh, But I'm looking forward to it. This is my, like, my weekend between the Super Bowl where I can actually do some things other than watch sports and, and have fun. But I'm noticing something, Fred, in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. There's, a, there's, there's this trend toward these young coaches, whether it be Mike McDonald, who was hired in Seattle. You look at the, the, the Jared Mayo, who took the job from Belichick in New England. You've got, you know, young McDonald down in Miami. You know, you look down through the whole, the whole thing. It seems to be young coordinators getting the opportunities, except for Dan Quinn, who got hired by the Redskins. Now, I've been a big fan of Dan Quinn, and I felt bad that he lost the Super Bowl five years ago, you know, with a big lead against New England, and it cost him his job. What's what's but, twenty-eight? You know, to, what's twenty-eight to three? Yeah, well, you would you would think, and of course Shanahan—that's part of the, the Super Bowl deal too, because he's had a couple of tough situations where he had a big lead. You know, I remember that game vividly where if he run the ball a couple times, he kicked the field goal. There's no way that they get their, you know, their sixth Super Bowl in that one. But I was wondering what your thoughts were on the, the coaching, you know, the young the young bucks in the NFL getting the opportunity to coach. I think a lot of that has because if you're young, they control they won't ask for complete You're malleable. Control. They, they, yeah. they will listen to the guy above him. They'll listen to the general manager. They'll listen to the owner. If you're Bill Belichick, you think you deserve more. If you're Pete Carroll, you think you deserve more. And nobody's willing to give up any kind of power. So I think going with the yeah, young we're guys, talking about billionaires with pretty large egos, are we not? They got, everybody's got an ego. If you own a team or you're a general manager of a team. And so I, I think that's why Belichick and Pete Carroll are outside looking in. But let's talk about another coach, uh, here in Southern California, Jim Harbaugh and the uh, uh, newspapers, which are getting smaller and smaller, especially the L.A. Times, uh, they put stories about his press conferences, media conference, this and that, and how great he is. Okay, I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but I'm saying he left Michigan, his alma mater, because he had to leave Michigan because the NCAA, any time now, maybe during this show, going to hit Michigan with a major penalty and probably suspend him for a year or two or some or period. Well, he's of just time. like his, he's just like, you know, they said that he's going to live in a mobile home, you know, down, down by the uh, South of Costa Mesa. Maybe he's doing the Jim Rockford, you know, because <laughs> Rockford wasn't exactly straight, straight down the line guy, you know, him and his buddy angel. So, you know, Jim Harbaugh brings baggage much like Pete Carroll brought baggage North when he took the Seattle job. You know, and they leave they leave a wake of trouble behind them. But, you know, I, I think the guy's a great football coach, but I don't think you're allowed to say to the owner, like he said to Jed York, you know, you're, you know, you got to be a man to be in this locker room. I mean, you don't really want to say that to the owner of the franchise, even as, you know, a grand, the grandkid of uh, 
of uh, Jimmy or Andy DeBartolo. But yeah, we'll be interested to see what can happen with the Chargers. Because when I look at that roster, Fred, I see so much talent on that team. Plus, you've got Justin Herbert. All right. You got you got Bosa. You got, you know, a, a bunch of good defensive players. It'll be really interesting to see how much Harbaugh has. He brought in his, his, his son, Jay Harbaugh, to be the special teams coach. But it's going to be interesting to see what kind of a uh, he had, what kind of a, a force he has in making the decisions in terms of player personnel and paying the other players on the roster. Now their wide receivers last year had all kinds of injuries. Do they bring back Mike Williams or is he a goner? I'd bring Mike Williams back. I'd bring Keenan Allen back, but I'd also look at the young guys that are out there in the draft, or you know, I'd look around the league and, and try to find some players. You know, one thing about the way the football is being played now in college, you've got 40 or 50 kids in college that can catch the ball and have great speed. And if you could develop these guys with veterans who are willing to work with them, like Mike Williams, like a, a Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's amazing. He reminds me a lot of Fred Bolitnikoff in, the terms, in terms of playing the slot, being able to get in there between the zones, sit down, catch the ball. You know, I think there's something to be said for that. But but can Harbaugh get these guys to buy into the system? Because, I mean, it's different in college. The rah-rah, you know, but these guys are making a lot of money. Can you get them to play the game for the love of the game again, Fred? That's going to be a real key. All right. Um, this weekend in Orlando, Florida, flag football championships. 13, yeah, what it is. 13 nations and the USA competing. Art, we talked about this all the time. They now have flag football championships. I played flag football as a kid. I we think we, we, said this before, we said this before. 50 years from now, you'll be 176. Um, we're going to have flag football. We're not going to have pro football. That, that's one thing I want to mention. Almost every game this year, some player goes down. With and watching concussion. it, you're worried. And who are these happen. independent guys on the sidelines who, uh, who the guys in concussion protocol, and, and yet, oh, on Saturday before the Sunday game, somehow it all clears up. <laughs> yeah, it just it amazes me, Fred. <laughs> magically, but we do agree that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I well, love to, I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I got hurt just as much in shorts, you know, shorts and, and running around playing flag football. Because, you know, a lot of times the guy would hit you and then grab your flag. <laughs> yeah, but that, but that illegal, no? Or is it, I know. Yeah. It was illegal, but I mean, you know. Folks, what do you think? Flag football, the future? Uh, it's Fred and the Fantastics right here on Believe in hey, speaking of, speaking around of, the world. Speaking of great quarterbacks, I want to send a shout out to Bob Greasy. It's his 79th birthday. And Bob was one of my favorite all time. When I was a kid, he had the you know, he and Earl Morrill with the Miami Dolphins and Don Shula and all that. He's 79 years old, also did a great job with Keith Jackson for years. And, of course, another ABC announcer, great quarterback, Frantic Fran Tarkenton is celebrating his 84th birthday today. And he used to be so much fun to watch. Watch those big guys try to chase him and chase him down running around. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. I, I used to have, a, I've mentioned this many times, a really nice sports collection including those years. Okay. I have found out 
I mean, you know, there's no question about it. Certain quarterbacks are worth a lot of money if you've got their football card, and certain are not. I I would assume that, let's say, a Fran Tarkenton, as you just mentioned, would be worth a lot. He's not. No. I, I would think Bob Greasy's worth a lot. Johnny He's Unitas not. is the one. Johnny what? Unitas is. Johnny you got to sign Johnny Unitas' card. You got For the some reason, card. I mean, it's you've amazing. Got, you, got the, you got the rookie card, but I mean, it, it's interesting how, uh, you know, it's obviously different years, they publish uh, a different amount of cards. Uh, they printed uh, a different amount of cards. So the, the, the years where they don't print as many, well, those cards will be worth more. But still, all things being equal, I would think Tarkenton be worth a lot because of his exciting player, you know, that he right. was. He wasn't. I mean, he was amazing. You know, and here's the other thing I was thinking about, Fred. You know, I look at all these winning quarterbacks with Mahomes having, you know, a 14 and three playoff record. One of the great records of all time that never gets discussed is Bart Starr. Bart Starr was a great quarterback. You yeah. know, they, they can say, okay, he was more of a manager, one of those kind of guys. The guy went nine and one and won six world championships. Only time he lost was to the 60 Eagles, his first Super Bowl with, with, with Lombardi. It was actually the championship game then. But, I mean, there's an underrated guy. The Bart Star card's probably worth nothing either. You know, no, I no, mean, the Bart, no, the Bart Star card's worth a lot. His rookie is it? Card. Oh, that's yeah, good it's worth to a hear. Lot. It's, it's, rookie card, his rookie card is, but not as much as United's, but it's worth a lot. But the card that's worth the most of any card in football, in you know, not talking in the in the 20s, not talking Jim Thorpe, uh, Jim Brown, rookie. Uh, and, see, and they didn't even have a 57 Jim Brown card, even though that's when he was a rookie from Syracuse. Uh, the 58 Jim Brown. Well, I've told you that I was pr privileged enough to, to have dinner with him one night with my good friend Cedric Hardman. And, and I got to tell you something. Jim Brown was amazing. Amazing man. Very, very intellectual. Very smart. Only what did he play? Nine years in the NFL and Nine set all these records. Smart enough to get out, go into the movies. You know what he did for for black athletes with Muhammad Ali and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at the time, Lou Alcindor and Bill Russell to to forge you know this this new front that they came up with. You know he was he's going to go down as one of the seminal players. Uh, you know, in the greats of, of like a Jackie Robinson years from now, I think. We lost Carl Weathers on Friday. Just just saw that go across the, the ticker tape in my office here. What do you think? From uh, God, I loved him. I absolutely loved him. You know, a lot of people didn't know that he played linebacker for the Raiders. Um, you know, he's going to be always remembered, you know, for for uh, the Rocky the Rocky movie. And, of course, you know, also <laughs> – Bob Barker and in him and <laughs> in, in the great, the great golf movie, you know? So, I mean, I'm sad about that. I had no idea, you know, but, but he was really, really a, a great guy and I never had a chance to meet him, but, but Cedric always told me that he was a wonderful, wonderful guy. All right. Uh, the NBA trading deadline uh, next week, uh, Lakers keep talking about uh, making some moves. I uh, liked them think? just the way they looked the other night against the against the Celtics. And I mean, I'm sitting there looking at the bench with Antonio Davis and LeBron, and even those two were like they were like so excited to see you know this roster that was nine deep. They're playing nine deep, so that means now they got eleven guys that were on. Hashimoto looked fantastic out there. 
uh, Reeves was was firing them up from everywhere. I mean, this is what maybe they ought to sit these guys down. I know that, you know, the commissioner won't be excited about that, but let these kids get out there and get their legs stretched because that was real exciting basketball. You know, and, and I, I was real impressed with how well they played. And let's be let's be honest, Fred. I mean, they're playing against the Celtics. You know, you look at the Celtics, you look at, you know, the Sixers, if Embiid comes back okay from his knee, you look at Milwaukee, you know, you look at the Knicks playing good. The East has a little bit of power this year. And for the Lakers to go into the Garden in Boston and play like they played, that's got to give Laker fans a little bit of hope. I hate to say this as being a lifelong Laker fan, but with the addition of Drew Holiday playing defense for Boston, I think in the end, that's that's the team to beat. Dame Lillard, we've talked about this. So you're going to say that you're going to say Doc Rivers is going to lose another uh, Eastern Conference Finals? I, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Celtics just on a hunch. Now again, the Knicks are playing great, but now Randall's out with the shoulders, so we don't know about that. But before we go. I found out this week or two weeks ago that the NBA had a new rule that you have to play 65 games to win any of the uh, major awards at the end of the season. If you want to be MVP, you got to play X amount of games. So you can only miss 17. 65 games. So Embiid is really close to losing maybe the MVP. What do you think? Well, that's been all over the, uh, the local newspapers. They've been talking about that. But, you know, the most important thing for Sixer fans, and Sixer fans are, you know, they're they're long-suffering. I mean, a lot of them, wow, it's been a long time, I guess. But, you know, Embiid's having a fantastic year, but he always seems to have some sort of major injury, much like Antonio Davis. And, you know, I'd like to see him be able to play one year injury-free to see what they can do. <laughs> but, the, but, you know, the guy that replaced him, I think, went for 51 points, Maxi. And it played an unbelievable game. Tyrone Maxey, so, quite a player. Yeah. Quite a player. So this is, the you know, we talked about it a little bit, the scoring in the NBA. I mean, you know, you had, you had, uh, what's the, the, the Nowitzki, I believe, for Dallas had a big game, had 70 points. You know, I, I, I'm amazed at what's going on in the NBA, but I was, I was real impressed and I kind of agree with you. I think come crunch time in the playoffs in that long NBA season, I think you're going to see you're going to see. Uh, although you know Denver's still playing good good basketball as well with with Jokic and, and their crew. If the Celtics win, Chick Hearn would not be a happy guy. All right, that's it. <laughs> Johnny Most can call him over for drinks. <laughs> Thanks for Art. Thanks for Mario. I am Fred. You can email us sportsfred at aol.com. We will see you around the corner for more of Fred and the Fantastics. Bye, everybody. Fantastic. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.